Welcome into the Esports Network podcast. We talk, of course, esports. Yeah, nothing, nothing too fancy about it. We talk to players, coaches, occasionally business executives. We talk to investors in the scene. We talk to commentators, casters, whoever really is involved in esports. We talk to them, and here to kind of help me explain his little perspective, his little slice of life. Let's welcome in Michael Herview. He works with the Esports Tower as their head coach for Valorant, and of course, a variety of other roles we'll get into. But uh, Michael, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the show today thank you for having me appreciate being here so just a quick little 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 background on michael of course u.s army veteran so thank you for your service and of course a, a full sale university alum obtained a degree in game design uh kind of furthering that career in gaming and you're currently of course head coach uh, with esports tower out of out of florida which you know we help nurture the young and up-and-coming gamers in the community which is always a great thing to see and i love it and so i mean am i missing anything is that pretty much the the, the quick and dirty rundown of it so quick and dirty. Yeah. So um, one thing that I do tell everybody is like, you know, back in 2002, 2003, I played uh, Counter-Strike 1.5, 1.6. Oh, yeah. I was a sponsored. I like to call myself a B league because, you know, you got the two different leagues. You got the top guys and then you got us that were just going from different <laughs> land tournament to land tournament, just trying to make some money. Now you call it, yeah, well, the, the, uh, the amateur circuit or whatever you call it. Exactly. Exactly. The, those, the, those, the, not the pros, but they're just there. They're getting a little Yo. sponsored money here and there, but they're pros still nonetheless. And so it's, hey, we all got to start somewhere and i'm and, and i'm happy to see that uh, 1.6 treated you well and so better than me at least <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit of, of, of your background a little bit deeper right so growing up uh you grew up at a massachusetts kid right up there yes, in sir. the northeast what role did video games kind of play in your home when you were growing up was it kind of like uh, uh your mom was like don't shut off that you know that game console whatever or come eat dinner what was that kind of role that video games played in your life it's like you already know mom was always telling me shut the, t- shut the tv off you know why are you leaving the game console on it's like we didn't have memory cards because we didn't have that much money for the original playstation so it's like yep. you're sitting there playing final fantasy 7 can't save it <laughs> just leaving it on the two megabyte cartridge is already full exactly and then so like me and my buddies like we would always play video games uh my brother and me and my brother were really close all the time playing video games and then uh I got introduced to FPSs on like computers and we didn't really have a computer. I just started playing it on like other people's computers. And then one of my buddies, like when we were around like, you know, 12, 11, uh, his older brother had a car and he's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, there's a junkyard that has a bunch of computers. Maybe we can go and grab some. So when we were like 11, 12 years old, hopping over fences, (laughs) stealing computer parts, (laughs) building our own computers so that we could go and play counter strike. And then, uh, we would go to each other's houses and we would set up like a little land center. There'd be like 12 computers in somebody's oh, front room. We took off the door to somebody's to our buddy's apartment, put it as a table, <laughs> set up all of our rigs on there. And we're just playing Counter-Strike for like six, eight hours a day. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's like a that's like a, a real down and dirty grassroots kind of gaming <laughs> uh, 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 little community. Guys got set up there. I love it. I mean, you know, everybody has, has has stories like that, but I feel like that one of ripping your your uh, your buddy's apartment door off that's <laughs> to set as a desk table. Man, that was, that's like that's a, that's a, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. But I mean, now you're working in gaming. It's been a solid solid little few few years for you. Where did this desire and drive to work in gaming somehow? Right. You you got a degree in game design. You're now working as a head coach for an esports title. How did that kind of come about for you? 
so it was one of those things where like before I, before, like when I got out of school, I was like, you know what? I want to get into games. I want to do competitive gaming because I had done it before. And I was just trying to get an org, trying to grind as much as possible. And it just didn't work out because mm-hmm. nobody was giving me any looks. I was doing decent, like, you know, in different leagues and everything, but I wasn't hitting that, like, you know, that peak proficiency where everybody wanted me to be at. So I told my parents that I kind of needed to reboot, went into the army. And then after I got out of the army, all my buddies were just like, you know, we talked about going to full sale while we were in the army and we had all been like, you know, we're going to all do it together. We're going to open up a business. We're all going to make video games together. And then we all got out. A lot of us were a little bit more messed up than others. I know I had to get surgery on my shoulder when I got out. Wow. And then one of my buddies actually, he was the main reason he dragged me down to Florida with me and my family told me he's like hey this is what you're gonna do i'm gonna help you get into school and (laughs) so went to full sale and i was just like you know game design i want to learn you know how to design levels be a you know pretty much like that level engineering guy the Mm -hmm. guy who's like the idea guy and then i found out while i was there there's no such thing as an idea guy everybody has their own ideas yep it's the unfortunate truth, man. And so, I mean, I'm happy to hear that you kind of made it out to Florida and found your own little success here and there. And, and now you're you're kind of uh, working with a, with a bona fide esports title that's kind of still on its uh, you know its stages of infancy, it's still just kind of starting out. And you get, I mean, I think you're in the right game for 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 uh, developing that kind of young core that you, you want to see. But you went into the army uh, a few, I mean, what was it, a decade back or so? Yeah, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was yesterday, man. No big deal, right? <laughs> but you, you went to the army. What was what was your main motivation behind moving into the service? Was it just like an opportunity you saw? You're like, you know what? I, I think this is something that could be beneficial in the long run. I should really look into it now coming out of high school. Or, or what, what was the thought process behind going into the army? It was like, so I waited a few <laughs> years. I had a job. I was trying to go competitive with playing Counter-Strike, and it just wasn't working out. I started going down the rabbit hole and, you know, started drinking after I turned 21. And it was just like, you know just kind of going down the wrong path. And I was like, you know what? I told my family, I was like, you know, I needed a reboot. I needed to go and do something else and, you know, maybe learn a little bit about more about myself and, you know, others. So I joined the army. Well, I talked to a recruiter and then like within like a few months, like I was in the army and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to go and do infantry at that point in time because of course, like everyone's like, you know, well, my family said that they would kill me if I go and do that. It's like, no, it wasn't one of those things. It was just like, you know, I just didn't want to do infantry. I wanted to do something else. I wanted to broaden my horizon to go and do different things. So I became a mechanic because my uh, my uncle was telling me, you know, mechanics get to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. If I'm a mechanic, maybe I can go overseas. First duty station was Korea. It was like <laughs> exactly what I wanted. I want to go overseas. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I mean... This experience with the army, right? You, you go in and 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 you, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure you knew what to expect either. You, you go into the army, you're like, ah, I'll do mechanics. You end up in Korea. Did that little station in Korea kind of help? Uh, maybe itch that 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 little gaming like scratch you had. I mean, what was the 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 real lesson you learned going into that coming out of the army? So coming out of the army, like I learned that you know just be humble towards everybody. Um, after I was done in Korea, like everybody in Korea, we were all close knit. We were a huge family. I still talk with a lot of the people that I was with in that unit, all the guys that I went to full sale with and still talk about, you know, getting into a gaming company with. They all were in Korea with me as well. And then like after we all left, 
like it was just it was just crazy i went to germany after i left korea and it was just downhill from there i had a really bad experience horrible <laughs> company but that's a different story <laughs> i got out um had to get surgery on my shoulder had to get surgery on had to get surgery on my back um i walk with a cane now because you know i'm all messed up from you know so many years of working on stuff and everything that happened while i was in but i mean it had to be some of the best things that I learned, especially being in Korea. I learned mm-hmm. so much, not just about like, you know, being in Korea, the culture and all that, but like just about myself and everybody who I was in the military with. That's awesome, man. And, and so I'm curious, when you were out in Korea, did you ever get a chance to go to like their little gaming cafes or internet cafes? How was, what was oh, your experience yes. with those? So first time we walked in there, like, cause my buddy, his wife is Korean. So she brought, like, I was like, you know, I want to go and check out these, uh, these cafes. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll have my wife go with us. We'll go check them out. And so we walk in there and it's just like, you know, a plethora of people just in there just talking about games, hanging out, playing different games. Mm-hmm. You had people, you would have people playing like games that we don't even have in the States, like MMOs. <laughs> then you would have people playing like, you know, uh, world of Warcraft, uh, final fantasy 14, and you could just walk up and talk with some of them. Some of them would actually walk up to you and say, Hey, you like video games? Like, oh you know, broken gosh. English, but like, <laughs> of course, like it was cool though. Cause I mean, video games is like, you know, that one language that everybody understands. So it's like, yeah, I like final fantasy 14. And then they're like, Oh, you too, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. And so, I mean, would you say it's like a, it's like a, it's a different culture in relation to video games over there in Korea compared to us in the States. And did you try to bring anything back with you when you came back? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it's completely different. The way that they play, the whole aspect of how they think of, like, you know, team sports and everything over there. Like, when it comes to um, their FPS players, they eat, breathe, and sleep all in the same place, training together. They're constantly together. So that camaraderie of, like, being a team is completely different than we have it over here. No, I, 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 I agree, man. Koreans are just on a different level when it comes to esports. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully us in the States, we get a little bit closer to it. But uh, we'll see this next decade is going to be super important for and, and you're going to be at the forefront, forefront of it as well, kind of helping uh, you know grow this this next breed of, of gamers coming up soon. I mean, so you get out of the army, you, you come back, uh, you know, kind of searching for, for what the next big thing is. You go to full sale. At that point, what was the tipping point where you said like, that's it. I need to, you know, get rid of any doubt in my mind. This is what I want to do. I want, and I'm getting this degree in game design. I'm finding a job in gaming. What was that moment where you're like, that's it clicked for you? So I was actually sitting at a, so they have this briefing when you first go in there for all the veterans mm-hmm. to where they talk about, you know, going to your appointments and making sure that you're okay. Um, one of the, one of the professors <clears throat> that was there, he wrote his number, his cell phone number that he had in his pocket up on the board he said i don't care what's going on with you you're having a bad day something's going on you want to talk about video games you want to talk about whatever call me wow i don't care what's going on and that like something clicked because everybody who was sitting in that uh, in that room of course like you know most of us have ptsd a lot of us have different health issues and everything and it just clicked with me it's like you know maybe i should go and you know go to the va and start talking to a doctor and get some help. And that was that aha moment to actually like, you know, go and start getting everything that I need to, to make myself okay. And then as soon as I started doing that, everything clicked. I started talking with Armada at Full Sail to get into their uh, CSGO team. I started networking with a lot of people, not just veterans, but also other students that were at Full Sail. And then everything just started taking off from there. Wow. 
That's awesome, man. It's it's such a that's such a great story. Holy crap! I didn't expect <laughs> to kind of like I'm like I'm just I'm just so enthralled by this 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 story you came up, and it's just I guess. From from my perspective, right? I don't, I don't really have that many people uh, in the military in my family. I have like one or two, maybe, and they don't really talk about things like this. And so to hear that you kind of candidly talk about this, it's a refreshing take, to be honest with you. And I, I'm I'm happy that you came on and wanted to sh- to share that with us. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate you and, and your service as well. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And so obviously, you, you, you go to full sale. You, you come out successful. Um, was coaching at the esports tower something you thought was a possibility? Was that something you were interested in? It just, it just kind of came about organically. It was just one of those things where, like, so when I was at full sale, it was they were trying to put together the CS:GO team, mm-hmm. and because with my background in you know one point five, one point six, they're like, hey you have all this experience. We need this experience. Help us. So mm. then we put together the first CS, CSGO team for Full Sail, and I was with them for four seasons. So where I was their, uh, their coach, and I was kind of one of the players on the team as well, but I was more of a coach than a player. So teaching them, you know, different things to do, helping them out. Of course, because of how my shoulder was all messed up, well, I'm not the greatest aim anymore like I used to be. Right. So coaching was just one of those things that just it just came natural just teaching them everything that i knew showing them different techniques how to communicate with your team and we actually didn't do that bad and then after i got out i had no job didn't know what was going to be going on and was just like you know what i'm just going to keep dropping applications i was Mm -hmm. dropping 20 applications every single day it wasn't like one of those where it's like you know i'll take a day off even though it's friday and Saturday, you know saturday and sunday you know have a few beers with the buddies no it's just like 20 applications every single day just dropping them didn't matter if it was like ea or epic games i was just trying to throw out to everybody and then uh jacob from full sale uh one of the guys from their esports program he calls me up and he goes hey i got an opportunity for you you want to hear these guys out I'm like well what's the job man he's like there's this company called esports tower they're a startup they're down here in florida and they wanted to talk to you and we told them that you would be the best fit for this because you know you were coaching with us you're a really good guy and we would like to see you you know be successful and i was like all right cool i appreciate that started talking with them and then it just took off from there uh the ceo is really cool um the vice president of it is really nice guy talked with both of them like the first day and they were just like hey we want you and when can you start and i was like that quick (laughs) okay sure as soon as i started it was just the same thing that i was doing when i was at full sale i helped them create their first team they started bringing in kids and then i just started training them exactly how i was training kind of like in counter-strike except with the twist for valorant because of course you know Mm. there's different things in valorant from there is in cs no, I mean, I, that you, I'll, I'll bring that up in a later point. You just had me questioning the the, the 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 logistics of moving from CS:GO to Valorant, but I'm, I'm uh, you're the perfect person to ask that question. But I'll, I'll hold it back for a second. But for people who aren't in the know, right? They're not in Florida. They're they're kind of across the country, across the world. Uh, what exactly is the Esports Tower? Like, how did you find out about it, and 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 what do they do? So pretty much Esports Tower. What we do is. We try to help out kids from the age of 13 to 18, fill that gap that we couldn't get to when we were younger to get onto a, either a professional team or even go into a college gate collegiate esports team in college. Mm. So getting them scholarships, getting them, you know, just that look at for so that college can be like, hey, 
this kid looks like a good kid. He might be a good fit for us. Let's pull him in and give him a scholarship. Mm. We didn't have that when we were like back in the early 2000s. No, we, did we didn't have any of that stuff. So that's what we try to do is to bridge that gap for those kids. And I mean, not to tell you the truth, as soon as they pulled me in, I was like, I wish I had this <laughs> when I grew when I was Dude, in high school. Same here. <laughs> I, I graduated high school in like 2013. I was like, I never had any of this stuff. These kids are having nowadays seven years, you know, eight years later. So I, I completely understand. I'm right there with you. <laughs> we, we got shafted. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so oh, let's talk about this, this, this road, this little uh, movie made, right? You, you, you start off in CSGO. You made the move to Valorant. It's a, Kind of the same, kind of, I mean, very much not, but I'm sure a lot of stuff translated over to Valorant. What was the, I guess, the main difference and kind of that growing pain you had moving from CSGO to Valorant? So my growing pains pretty much were like the abilities, Mm -hmm. picking that character that I fit with while I was playing. Now I'm more, I was more of an entry fragger. I was that guy who would go in and pretty much get killed off, but my communication skills were on point. I could tell you where anybody was on the site wherever we were trying to push um, where people were on the map, I could just call them out for the team and the team would just go in and clear house because, Mm -hmm. you know, proper communication as an entry fragger is always, you know, key. So trying to find that perfect player or the perfect character for me to actually play as was my biggest thing. But when it came to, you know, aiming, when it came to spray control, all that stuff transitioned from CSGO into Valorant. So it wasn't too hard for me to just pick it up and just, you know, spray and pray and get a higher rank than a lot of people when it first came out. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. And so I, I imagine like the communication aspect of it can't be overstated enough, right? Communication kind of it, it rules team games nowadays. And so I imagine that it was kind of like the the common thread throughout both games where you kind of just like, you know what? You can play whatever game. You can play Halo. You can play Call of Duty. You can play CSGO, Valorant. As long as your communication is on point with, with, with your teammates, you guys are going to win games, right? Yeah, definitely. That, that's what I actually teach my kids. I tell them all the time. If you have proper communication between your team, that could be the difference between a win and a loss. Hmm. And also, like, your attitude, being positive, like, just being a positive teammate, just because you're losing and just being like, oh, well, you know, I missed a shot. I'm not going to be able to get it. It's like, no, stay positive. Be like, hey, we'll get the shot next time. I got you next time. Let's swing together. We'll do this these things together. Right. For these for these younger kids, I think it's like exceedingly important that they get that kind of like it's okay to lose once in a while because sometimes the other guy is just better than you. It just it happens. Yeah. And so you just kinda of have to take it as as a learning moment. And I'm sure with when you work with these kids, you've kind of had to have your own learning moments with them and kind of figure out how to best teach them and, and coach them through these situations. And so I mean, what are some some situations where you're like you think back, you're like, man, I did a really good job at, at coaching this person or they did a really good job responding to what I said to them. So um, one thing that I always say is that I had one kid who actually, when he first started playing, he was iron. Mm. He's plat three now. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And all I did was I I taught him the basics. And that's what I preach. I preach the basics. When it comes to your character, you always want to have two characters that you know inside and out. And what I mean by inside and out, that means like you know how to use their abilities. You know how to place them in certain spots. You find different trick spots that people don't know about, like going to a custom game and learning the character, finding the different spots that you can go to. And then also, how can that help my teammate out? How can I use that to help out my team? And then like, you know, crosshair placement and also like where you're placing your abilities is the two biggest things that you really want to do. But teamwork is if you can play in a team atmosphere, all that stuff will start clicking. And that's what happened for him. Him and his team have been soaring and they're, um, 
two of them right now. They actually just placed uh, like third place in our last esports tower rumble. And they've just been taking off the right now. The, the one coach to beat that we have right now is uh, he's one of the guys that I actually hired at esports tower. He's one of my <laughs> underlings uh, coach easy. He's actually on a collegiate team right now. So like he's got the upper hand. <laughs> oh man. So I'm trying to throw him through dethrone him right now. He's got five consecutive wins in the rumble. Oof. I've only got, I've only got two so far. I've only got two wins. Hey man, <laughs> we, we all got to kind of uh, build ourselves up from something. Right. But I mean, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good uh you know a little little uh vote of confidence you know going from iron to plat three i'm like it almost makes me want to want to bring you on as my coach for a second I, I'm, I'm like iron two or something right now i'm not i'm I mean, pretty awful it all starts with just like finding what you're like what you're struggling with with your fundamentals as long as you get the fundamentals down then everything else is just like you'll hit that aha moment once yeah. you hit the fundamentals it's just you'll be like oh wait that's what I was doing wrong. Okay. Next thing you know, you're plat three diamond two, maybe immortal, <laughs> maybe Valorant. You never know, man, the sky's exactly. the limit, but <laughs> I mean, uh, so you've been working with these kids for, for a good while now. And so, uh, let's say, you know, nothing else, uh, happened. Like, let's say for the most part that you want to remember this time, right? What's something you want to take away from this moment, from this time of the esports tower, right? Moving forward. What's something that that, like a legacy that you left behind with these kids? What's something you want them to remember for like the rest of their lives? What are your hopes and aspirations with these kids? I hope that they see that just working as a team and working as a team player, that's the biggest thing and positivity. There's always going to be negative things that happen, not just in game, but also in life, but a positive mentality can help you, out of all of that negativity that's positive man i love it and so i mean what did you th- what did you gain out of gaming and esports really that you really didn't think was possible as a kid or even as a young adult what was like the, the main takeaway now right you look back you're like man gaming really just just brought something out of me that i didn't expect growing up so it's funny, like i tell my mom this all the time like back when i was younger when i first started competitive gaming I didn't really have that great of a foundation. My mom and dad weren't, didn't have a great relationship. They ended up divorcing when I was 18 and uh, my father was kind of abusive. And he always told me that would be nothing in my life. I could never make any money with video games. And I was stupid. Wow. First time I won a tournament, I slapped the money on the table and was like, so games can't make you no money. Huh? I slapped <laughs> the grand on the table and was like, this is how much I just made. And he's wow. like, wow. So, okay, maybe you are pretty good. And I just kept on doing it and just kept playing in these tournaments. I mean, I didn't win every single time, but once we started actually like people started knowing who we were in some of these local land tournaments, they started knowing like, oh, hey, we got to put these guys at a different tier for these tournaments because they're not like, you know, some of these guys who are just coming in for fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the guys coming off, <laughs> in off the streets up against the amateur circuit guys, that's a totally different ball game. You know, I just talking about guys who play, you know, close to what, eight, 10 hours a day to guys who just play about. on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we would sleep like t- we would sleep two hours oh, and gosh. Then we'd all just jump back on the game and just keep playing. And then it'd be like, oh, hey, you're going to be late for school. Shut down the game, go to school, come back to school, make sure all my homework was done and everything because we had um we had one period where we could just like you know do all of our homework in it i do all my homework in that period go to the house continue gaming and just keep on trying to rank up for that next tournament 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. But I mean, so right now you're, you're obviously head coach for Valorant Esports Tower. Is there maybe another esports thing you want to maybe delve into? I know you've, you've had experience with Valorant, CSGO. Maybe you want to try your hand at a MOBA or maybe you want to try your hand. So it, it's funny that you talk about a MOBA. So I've actually <laughs> been streaming this one game. It's called Super Mecha Champions. Now, it's not that big right now. It's on mobile and it is on uh, it is on Steam as well. And me and one of my buddies have been grinding that like crazy. But I mean, I've only been playing for like, it says that I've only been playing for around 48 hours. I'm like two, like two pretty much like uh, high tier ranks away from being like top 1000 in the world. <laughs> but with that game, it's it's pretty much like if it, I think of it as um, like Fortnite without the building. Okay. And Max as your special ability. Oh, well, I'm sold. Right, <laughs> and every single mech has their own different abilities they all have different stats that you can do and they all have different things that you can equip to them to make it you know to make it better for you for whatever your playing style is so like i just played it one day just because you know i was feeling the burn from valorant i was feeling the burn and everybody knows what i mean when you're like yep. you're just all burnt out you don't want to play it you're just like all right i want to play something new so I, one of my buddies was just like hey there's this game. It's like, you know, think of it like a waifu simulator with mechs. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll give it a chance. You know, I'll try it out. So I tried it out. And then, like, I love it. I de-stress off of that game. Like, I'll just play it. And it kind of felt like back when I was 13 playing 1.5. Oh, man, that's and a I good was time. Like, I was like, wait, like do they have like teams and stuff for this? And then I started looking up and they got teams in China for this game. And I was like, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, just, just as soon as the team wants to pop up in Florida, you're just like, you know what? I'll uh, I'll slip in my number. You guys want to coach or something? I'm right here. Exactly. I tell people all the time, I'm like, hey, you want a 33-year-old veteran? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and uh, I mean, but you didn't, you didn't want to try out like another popular game. You didn't want to go like, yeah, League of Legends, not for me. Call of Duty, not for me. You're like, League nah. of Legends was never for me. Call of Duty is... Call of Duty will always have a place in my heart because like when we were in Korea playing Call of Duty and like, you know, on base tournaments and, you know, not really doing the greatest, but like just being able to compete and have fun against other people who are in the military was fun. Plus, one of my buddies who we were playing against ended up winning the uh, the TV for the tournament. So oh, it's kind man. of a little butthurt about that. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel it, man. But, um, Michael, I've asked you a bunch of questions. You've answered them all, like, ridiculously well. It's, you're, <laughs> you're a fun guy to talk to. I like having, I, I like having fun guys to talk to on the show. So I appreciate I, it. I got to ask you. you one last kind of, you know, semi-serious question, right? Obviously, you've been in a, in a rough position yourself growing up. You've kind of had your various, you know, your, your bumps along the road. For somebody out there who's listening in right now who's kind of like, they're kind of lost. They, they, they're, they're kind of going to gaming a little bit. They don't know what to do with themselves, either, you know, whether it's a family life thing or it's a circumstance of life kind of thing. What message do you want to give them uh, if there's hope at the, end of, at the end of the tunnel for them? So when I first got in my org, I didn't, wasn't expecting anything, wasn't expecting to find any friends, wasn't expecting anything, was in a really bad place. And then I met this one kid who was like, hey, you sound like you're having a rough day. Are you okay? That one person helped pick me up and get me into my first org that I was with. And then his whole mentality was positivity. Mm -hmm. And he would always talk about that. And of course, being young, not really thinking about it, 
I was just like, eh, positivity isn't really the greatest thing right now. And I just don't really care. Then as I got into the military, I realized that positivity has a big impact on a lot of people. Mm. And then once I hit my aha moment going into full sale, I was like, you know what? I think this is what I got to do from now on. And then from that day, that was when I was started just preaching positivity. And not only did it help me get out of that dark spot, but it also helped a bunch of other people Mm -hmm. as well. Guys that I had talked to while I was in the military who, you know, have PTSD, guys who are like in that dark spot now who have like, you know, contemplated suicide and were talking about that stuff. Like I've helped them. They've helped me out of some of those spots like that. So just talk to people, Hmm. talk to somebody, regardless of it's like, you know, a friend, somebody that you, somebody that you look up to, a coach, your mentor, um, I always tell all of my students to get in contact with me. All of my students have my personal cell phone number to get in contact with me if they ever need anything. And then also just anytime that you just need somebody, regardless if it's a significant other or not, just talk to them and be open with them. Mm. The best thing that I did was instead of closing myself off to my wife, which I did for a certain amount of time, I opened up to her and told her everything that was going on. And that helped not just strengthen our relationship, but it helped me pull myself out of that dark spot. So talk to somebody, find someone. There's always somebody out there who will help you out. I promise you. And I promise you it's going to get better. Mm. It will always get better. There's no reason why you should do anything to yourself. Man. I got chills back my spine, man. I'm telling you right now, man. That was that was good stuff. That was uh, honestly that's that's hits close to home for for I know for a lot of people out there. And so I thank you for for coming on the show again and kind of giving us your perspective. I, I know uh, it can't have been easy for you, but I'm I'm glad to hear to have you here now and be able to talk to you. And it's it's, it's a great fun talk we've had. But uh, people want to get in touch with you, right? They want to either watch what you're doing. They want to get in touch. You send you messages. Uh, you know, what are your social media handles? Your Twitch stream, whatever. Throw it out there. Let them know about it. So if you want to come check me out, I stream Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 1030 Eastern Standard Time on Twitch. If you go to twitch.tv forward slash Hervmaster, that's me. Everything's a little jumbled right now because we're still mixing some stuff up and changing some things around. Also, if you want to check me out on Twitter, it's Herv underscore Master on Twitter. And then if you want to check me out on Instagram, I'm on Instagram at the Hervmaster. Herb Master, I guess that's that's the the great in game name for you. That's right. right. That's right. Herb, <laughs> my gamer tag is Herb Master. H E R V Master because uh, so a lot of people don't know that I do have a black belt in Taekwondo. Oh, okay. So you know it's better than saying you know Master Herview. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me the Herb Master. Just call me the Herb Master. <laughs> <laughs> well, Herb Master, can't thank you enough for coming to the show, man. You've been an absolute pleasure to talk to. Uh, you always have a spot here at the Esports Network, so if any anything comes along let me know and we can get t- we can get in touch again awesome and also same thing if you ever want me to come back on here just send me an email i'm more than willing to jump back on here maybe i'll bring somebody with me next time oh no don't promise me the extra guests oh <laughs> but the third wheel somebody today <laughs> so i got like I, like i said before i got a lot of friends who are out there in the gaming industry um one of my good friends actually works for epic too so maybe i might be able to drag him on here for you oh you're teasing the audience you know <laughs> it's not a good time when you tease him but i i i gotta thank you personally for coming on the show again sharing your 
your thoughts. It's always fun time uh, to, to kind of talk to, to veterans about their experiences. And I think yours, among others, is, is unique. So thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. And thank you for all the fans for showing support and everything. I know it's been a big influence on me and Esports Tower as well. Uh, come check us out, esportstower.com. Please. We're more than willing to take you guys in, help you out, rank you up. And of course, you'll be able to get coached by not just myself, but other coaches that are actually on collegiate esports teams right now. That's right. So he's Michael Hervew, a.k.a. the Hervmaster, head coach of Valorant over at Esports Tower. And I'm just Kevin Correa right here on the Esports Network Podcast. Ah!